lesson of modern education is Woke kids step, wise kids step, college kids step I'm woke Read more, learn more, change the globe You must learn This is Woke Wise College Kids Welcome to Woke Wise College Kids I'm your host, Dr. Erin, founder of Be Preppy College Coaching Thanks for tuning in This episode is all about the holidays. Holidays can be bittersweet for college students. Whether going home is exciting and comforting or whether going home brings on anxiety and sadness, you probably feel all types of emotions as it gets closer to the holiday season. In this episode, we shed light on challenges such as finances, hunger, family issues, and homelessness that college students face during the Thanksgiving and Christmas break. We also discuss uniquely annoying experiences that college students go through during breaks with their family. Lastly, you'll hear tips on how to make the best of your time off. This episode is a special one as it's co-hosted by B Preppy's Latinx Hispanic Outreach Intern Maggie Murillo. After listening, be sure to check out our website for more tips on how to avoid the holiday blues. And don't forget to review and subscribe to this podcast. Happy listening! Hi, welcome to WokeWise College Kids. It's another episode. This episode will be a little bit different. I have a special co-host that is joining us, and it is none other than our intern, Maggie Murillo. She has been a great addition to Preppy, and I am so happy to have her as my co-host. This is our first co-hosted episode of Wise College Kids, so welcome, Maggie. Hi. Um, so I'm Maggie. As Erin mentioned earlier, I am the Latinx Hispanic Outreach Intern for Be Preppy. I am 22 years old. I am a college, uh, recent college graduate from the University of California of Santa Barbara. So I am a West Coast girl, California girl. Um, I'm a first generation uh, college grad, um, Chicana, identifying. Um, let's see. I... Recently, uh, I said, Aaron said, I just joined Brie Preppy and it's been a great experience. Um, I have a day job as a concierge um, and typically I like to focus a lot of my free time on spending time with my family, um, giving back to my community, um, volunteering in um, my local uh, nonprofit with um, some tutoring whenever I can. And, you know, writing blogs and trying to do as much outreach as I can. Um, I, when I graduated from UCSB, I got my degree in sociology and Chicano Chicano studies with a minor in Spanish. Um, so for me, a passion that I have is definitely giving back to my community, um, doing a lot of co- college outreach work, um, mostly directed for Latinx, but also for a lot of students of color, lower my um lower income and minority students. Cool. So if you are following us on Instagram, she does Maggie Mondays and they have been phenomenal. She gives really great advice. And since she's a recent college grad, grad, she has uh, really relevant advice. And I, it was important for me, although I can give advice, but it's important to uh, make sure we have various voices represented. Be Preppy and Wise College Kids is all about diversity so, um, well, before we move into our topic of 
for this episode. I want to ask you a couple of fun questions. How about it? So what is your favorite college memory? Oh, my goodness. Oh, well, my favorite college memory has to be um, around the beginning of my uh, last year, my fourth year, right before my friends left to go abroad and before um, uh, some other ones had recent grads had just left. We all kind of had like a nice little potluck. And it was really interesting because all of our um, older college friends that had stayed for the summer, they're like, well, we want to give you guys you know, some last advice on you know, your senior year and really living it to a fullest. And I think it was really nice to kind of see some of the people that I had worked with on in my um, my honors cohort um, kind of help see us off and give us, you know, what they learned, what they regretted and kind of just enjoying that time, you know, with my class, you know, with my peers and my friends as we got in and got ready and kind of like wanted to de-stress one more time before, um, you know, starting our senior year and before the start because, we were all, I don't know, we're all really busy. So it was nice to have like that one day right before, you know, my college grads and friends left to go back home and before we started our last year. So that, that was, that was a really great day. That was a really good barbecue. And yeah, probably my favorite memory. Barbecues and cookouts in college are always good times. (laughs) So speaking of cookout, what is your favorite college food? What was your like comfort food? Like if you're stressed out, if you're happy, what was your go-to? Oh my goodness. Like, okay. My, probably my favorite comfort food would, I would make my, it was a really simple dish, but, um, it was a dish my mom told me how to make before I left. Um, so it's uh, Spanish rice. It's just basically, um, yeah, it's rice, uh, made with like tomatoes and jalapeno, um, and like a little garlic and, um, just like grilled chicken, but it's just like the way she cooked it. It was just kind of like the one taste like I had of home. So whenever like I get really homesick, I'd be like, you know what? <laughs> I'm gonna make some chicken and rice because I'm really hungry and I just I just really wanted to like remember my mom. I'd also probably call her while I was cooking too. I'd be like, oh mom, I'm making like the one dish like you actually taught me. Um, so yeah, that probably had been my favorite food. Um, that sounds yeah, tasty. Definitely. What is your one college regret? Like if you could do it all over again, what would you do? Man, I think the top one would be studying abroad. I really felt that if I, since I had changed, fun fact, I changed my major like three times um, <laughs> while I was an undergrad. Um, and with the change, I kind of felt like, I you know, I changed my major so many times. Like, I don't think I have time to, you know, go abroad. But in reality, you know, I did. And I was the one other um, fear I kind of had was like, you know, would my financial aid cover it? And, you know, it did. I just, I don't know. I think I was just kind of scared to take that, like, that next step of, you know, sitting somewhere else and seeing, you know, what other universities, mm-hmm. what other countries had to offer to me. Um, and then even then, you know, leaving home for college, you know, was a really big step for me. So trying to go abroad when I was still, even though I was like, I had time my last year, I think I, I wish I would have gone. During, I, yeah, I really wish I would have gone abroad. And if I could pick any place, it would have been to um, the one program where you went to like Argentina, mm-hmm. Chile, um, and uh, Paraguay. That, that I would have loved going to study in South America for Yeah, that is abroad. a similar regret. Yeah. I, I just feel like now that you have to pay for trips like that out of your pocket and like even though it didn't pay a lot, 
knowing that you could have had some financial assistance to go and travel the world while you didn't have any responsibilities. I definitely regret that one. But um, you live better. You know better, you do better. But now we that is one of the things that uh, Be Preppy always includes in coaching sessions with students. Um, make sure you get in that that uh, study abroad. It looks great on your resume. It just changes your outlook of the world and um, instills this kind of like um, no fear kind of thing. Like I've traveled across the country yet and I, I don't even have a uh, Sometimes you don't have hangups about comfort when you see other people, how other people live, and you you just have a, a very uh, broad worldview and a different view of the world after you travel. So um, what's one piece of advice you would give college students? Oh, my goodness. Um, something I tell some of, uh, of my friends that I still talk to from undergrad um, is when you're studying whatever major and degree you want to get, I understand for a lot of um, first generation students and for a lot of um, children of immigrants that they really want to fulfill their parents' wishes. And something I tell my friends is to not get lost in trying to fulfill their dreams and forgetting about yours. You know, while it is really amazing that we, you know, we're, kind of fulfilling for some of our, so for some of our parents, um, you know, their greatest wishes of while they couldn't go to school, you know, you're going at least to not get lost that, you know, at the end of the day, this is your education and to make the most of it. So don't get, find yourself stuck in some class of, you know, if it's, you know, organic chemistry, but you know, your passion is writing and journalism, you know, at the end of the day, it's your life and it's your future. And, you need to be doing something and investing your time and education that and energy in something that you're passionate word. about. <laughs> we need to write a blog about that. Um, I definitely, uh, that is like a really great piece of advice because I, I meet a lot of students who say, you know, when I ask them, why do you want to become X, Y, and Z to say, oh, well, my mom thinks I'll be a great this. And then I'm like, well, what do you think? Because your mom isn't going to pass, you know, hard classes like this. And, and, um, when you when you actually enjoy what you're doing, classes won't be that hard to you. Like you enjoy the challenge. Um, but yeah, I definitely say live for yourself. Um, they'll be your family will be proud of you anyway, as long as you're successful and you're happy. Um, but that sometimes um we have to like things that we didn't get to do <clears throat> maybe we want our other family members to do that because if we feel like we missed out, but once you, you know, you live for yourself, you make your own decisions, they're going to be happy, um, happy that you're happy and successful. So, well, that is, that wraps up our little warm up sec, uh, segment. Um, hopping to our topic, we are talking about the holidays. Um, Thanksgiving and Christmas break, they're not far uh, from each other when you're in college. You are on Christmas break, you come back, you take finals, then you're home for the holidays for a good, what, three weeks, three and a half? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so that could be a great time, um, but it can also be a weird time, which is why we chose um, this topic as preparing for the holidays or so 
uh, so many things that students experience for the holidays. And I think um, when we talk about diversity and um, being inclusive, when we talk about college experiences, all holidays aren't fun and happy and jolly and um, all emotions aren't very positive and and happy and warm like everybody thinks the holidays are. Um, So we want to talk a little bit about that today. And so hopefully um, our listeners out there, you can relate to at least something in this conversation. And if, if it isn't you, it could be your roommate that you may have to help out with um, holiday blues to get them out of it. Um, It's also a time where you could um, reach out of your comfort zone and redefine the, the word family. I think that's what college, um, that's what college does. It helps you redefine the term of family and friends and what it means to be family and friends. Um, You found out some interesting things as we talk about the uh, topic of holidays. What did you find out about uh, some data about homelessness? Yeah. So when I was preparing, you know, and doing my research, you know, for uh, this podcast, something interesting and, you know, really heartbreaking that I found was 13% of college students nationwide are homeless, you know, and these numbers don't even reflect, you know, what's actually what isn't reported to university and colleges is just based off of like what they're told off in housing. And, you know, it just took me back to so many conversations that I know I've had with, you know, peers, with grad students and, you know, with even some other, um, some personal friends of mine saying like, Oh yeah, you know, from time to time, like I was homeless, you know, I would couch surf or, and it's such a huge problem yet there isn't a lot of light shed on it. And, you know, when you think about it, you know, it's not just, you know, um, it's a problem that affects all cultures, you know, across, you know, socioeconomic statuses. But, you know, you know, more importantly, you know, it definitely also focuses a lot on first generation and students of color, you know, who either maybe prior didn't have um, a home. And then it makes you think, OK, you know, well, what are they doing, you know, throughout the rest of you? What are they going to do for the holidays? You know, when you're on break and it's like, OK, you're gone for, you know, three weeks on Christmas and, you know weekend for or the week for Thanksgiving so you know where did they go and yeah it's there's just so many mind-boggling questions you know and how how they navigate it and you know something some friends told me how they would you know stay with another friend over the break until you know they could go back into campus housing but yeah it's just what avenues do you use and it's just I guess which they're you know better more people knew more about the resources that we actually have at hand, that the university should have or they already do have you know to address you know this issue that you know it just affects so many more students that we don't even really hear about yeah on the you know as administrator um and as administrator charged with student success at times you really don't think about how it affects the student. And um, sometimes whenever students have to go away and I know their family situations, it's like, what can universities do more? Because I'm always kind of scared that students either are not going to come back um, 
you know, if they're coming from tough cities or tough backgrounds and, you know, they struggle so hard to get away from their home environments that we're sending them back because they don't have an option of, of um, going home for the holidays. And even when you speak about the homeness, um, some students may have a home, but maybe their home environment it isn't necessarily conducive um, to being safe or healthy space mentally or physically. So that's almost just like being homeless. And I think once you incorporate that broader definition, I'm pretty sure that 13% will um, increase that everybody isn't going home to a maybe a two parent or even if you do have two parents, it could just be a weird family dynamic that you just happy that you escaped. Um, maybe it, you just don't want to go back to the negative environment overall with just uh, family or friends or or your neighborhood or whatever. It could be a variety of things that you really don't want to go back to. Um, foster kids that have been aged out of the system and just been sent to college. Like there's so many things going on that students have to deal with. And as I think college, we probably can do a little bit better with providing um, or thinking about those nuances around this time because we're so focused on getting home to our families that we sometimes don't stop to think about, well, where did all of our kids go? You know, after they took their finals, um, where everyone was everyone happy to, you know, be on break Um, because sometimes college could be a refuge. They could be really excited to be taking tests because they know they could have been somewhere else. So um, that's why this episode is pretty near and dear to the both of us because we know how um, how holidays, you know, can cannot be so warm and fuzzy. And then if, even if you do have like this idea of family situation, it's not so bad. It could just be if you're a first generation student coming home for the first time. Yeah. It's oh, to say the least. <laughs> <laughs> so I have a question for you, which will uh, kind of explore this, this topic. What was it like for you coming home um, for like your fir- from your first semester of college? You know, you've gotten through your first semester. Um, it's Christmas break, the longest break. You have family, you're seeing family come in town, old cousins and aunts and uncles. What was it like? And did you experience this awkwardness as well? It was, oh man, it was a relief to be back home, you know, and in some ways to kind of get away from the stress of school. But in other ways, it was also really overwhelming and stressful because a lot of my family members would, how do I explain this? You know, there was, to them, it's like I came back home a new person, you know, going away to college, you know, you meet all these different people, you interact with, you know, different experiences, different people and, you know, their thought processes and backgrounds and you know you come home and it's just like oh you know I changed but everyone else kind of just you know stayed the same and I think for me what was really hard it was kind of transitioning to one being used to that I wasn't you know by myself anymore I mean you know yeah when I was in college my first year I had roommates but now it's like, oh, I have a whole family. You know, I have a little nephew running around. I have my sister and my parents at home. I have, you know, aunts and uncles visiting, you know, throughout the holidays in and out. And I kind of just, you know, staying and hanging around versus just being like two other people in my room that I had to deal with. Now it's like, you know, five to 
depending if all my family's here, like can be like 20, you know? Um, and it was really interesting to see how a lot of my personal views change. Like when I first left to college, I was still very much a religious person. You know, I grew up Catholic, um, and coming, going to university and like taking, you know, my sociology, taking my, um, Chicana Chicano studies classes, kind of breaking down, you know, what exactly the Catholic church was, you know, the beliefs and the institution behind it and how a lot of the things that I was taught growing up, I came back, well, not believing it, you know, and that whole awkwardness of like, oh, we're going to go to church Sunday. Are you coming? And it was kind of like, I don't want to go to church. And that was like one of the biggest things for my family because mostly my mom and dad, my sister wasn't as religious, but my parents always knew me as more of the more, Oh, Maggie goes to church since go Sunday school, you know, and kind of going back home. And it's like, well, I don't believe in this anymore. Like I don't want to believe in something, you know, that's kind of stands for hatred and this is very exclusionary of, you know, people of all backgrounds. Like I don't want to be a part of that. And, that was one thing, you know, religious views. And then another thing was kind of being a very more liberal person. I know my parents raised me to be pretty, my parents are really, you know, pretty open-minded, you know, I would definitely say um, kind of the stereotype around a lot of Latinx families is it's very much just a household. But personally for me, for my household, you know, I had a very progressive mom that went against a lot of, you know, the Matusa views and she kind of even, you know, ran from it from her childhood. That's why she came up coming to the States. Um, and kind of raised my sister and I to have that same mentality, you know, to be open-minded, to be loving and to be, um, you know, just to be as open as you could as a person. And, but then they're like, oh, wow, like you're Maggie, you're like, you, you're really open-minded now, aren't you? You know, and very being outspoken about my beliefs, especially, you know, about like, you know, homophobia and, you know, anti-black comments and, um, about xenophobia and not just, you know, towards, you know, my personal community is like the Mexican and Mexican American community, but, you know, towards Central Americans. And now I was like, no, I'm like, you can't, I'm like, you can't say that. Like, you know, um, you can't say that mom. Like, that's not, that's, that's, that's kind of bad, you know, and especially uh, something huge between me and my, um, my older sister, you know, was kind of calling out a lot of, uh, the anti-blackness that was in our family that we didn't really see as kids because, you know, we grew up in the hood, you know, we grew, we grew up in Eastside Long Beach. Um, and, you know, for us, it was like, you know, you can, it was like the hood. You have that hood culture, you know, and teaching her, like talking to her, like, yo, like, that's not cool. Like we're not in that position. You know, we can't claim the same things they do. We can't copy the same aesthetic because it's not, it's not ours and trying to really get her to understand that was made it so hard over the holidays and I still struggle with it now you know and it's the beginning it was more like we dealing with that distance now because you know we didn't have that same mentality we were very two different people even more than we were beforehand and now it's like okay I can talk to you about this but I have to watch my approach about it you know and learning the difference between you know calling out family members which I do believe sometimes you need to do and finding ways to have like healthy positive conversations about things that need to be spoken to I mean regardless you know call them out because that's not okay you know xenophobia transphobia homophobia racism um ableism none of that is okay yeah but yeah having with it, it's a more important thing you know um, sorry, go ahead. No, no, no. I'm I'm agreeing with you all. And I think 
um, while it seems big picture, I mean, it's norm. It could be normal. That's just conversation you have over dinner within your own family. Um, and that's definitely where you could see your thoughts beginning to change. And, um, but that's the whole point of college. You question things, anything, things are from your, your family values to values of society to values of a roommate or a classmate and discussion. Um, but I, I think it's no better place than with your family to practice acceptance and um, listening to everyone's views and accepting views, but also being able to speak your mind as an independent um, young adult, which you probably hadn't had the chance to do in 18 years. And, and as soon as you get home, you're kind of like, uh, okay, yes, this is, this is, uh, you know, growing up, this is what a, being a young adult, 18, 19, 20 uh, means. Um, Cause you're finding yourself, you're finding your voice, you're, uh, trying to assemble your own values and your thoughts about things. And um, I think that awkwardness comes in when you're realizing this is happening, but then you're also um, trying to respect family boundaries and all of this stuff. It's, I think it's new for everyone. Everyone probably knew you as little Maggie and then now little Maggie. <laughs> <laughs> now she's like oh she she's margarita now she's she's older she thinks she can do yeah definitely you know <laughs> uh, one of the other things that I think um was an issue for me and I, I didn't have this bit coming back home because I went to college about 15 minutes away um but it was just the idea of me coming home like I was here in the house so I've always been that person to answer all the questions, help with the technology, type this, type that, help me because I'm always giving. But then um, just my priorities when I came home maybe shifted, like I maybe had some time set aside for getting um getting prepared for finals or I just wanted to be by myself or I just wanted to look at TV or I didn't really I'm very introverted. So my time around people is usually very limited uh, compared to the person before I need time to step away and just um, really, you know, uh, relax and breathe and get some time to myself and um, kind of just, you know, come, come back to myself. So I'm able to have some productive conversations or be around people for a little bit longer. So one of those awkwardness is, you know, you might have your own priorities. You might want to see your friends where they've scheduled visits with, with aunts and cousins or um, your friends may want to hang out and you have, um, you want to go do something else or you want to hang out with some new friends you've met in college and realize that you live closer. So um, interest and priorities are pretty much at conflict when you come home for the holidays. Yeah, definitely. I can completely relate to the whole being introverted and kind of wanting your own personal time. And that's, I've always been that way, even as a kid, but even like as an adult, when I came home the first time, they were just like, you don't want to see your family. What's wrong with you? And it's like, I don't that I don't want to see you guys. It's just that <laughs> I need me time. <laughs> I miss having my own room, <laughs> you know? And it was kind of getting my family to understand that like, Whereas, like, I love you guys and I miss you. Like, also understand, you know, not only is it now, like, I get to have my own room back. Now it's, like, 
when I come out, it's like I get bombarded with all these questions, you know, um, from like why you change religious views to why how come you're calling me out about this to, you know, like, yeah, well, sometimes, you know, wanting to see your school friends more than your actually family members because you're like, man, they're on the same wavelength as me. You know, it's a relief to kind of, you know, see them. And even then what something I have a really hard time even to this day, you know, getting my family to understand is my friends in school became my one of my best support systems. You know, it's like, yes, you know, I had my family, my blood family, but this became my school family, you know, and it was a mix of co-workers from Santa Barbara. It was a mix of, you know, classmates and even some grad students that I had, you know, the amazing opportunity to meet and get to know and really work with. Um, and, you know, kind of pushing through that resentment, you know, my family felt in my priorities change because I get to see these people for some for four years and you guys are kind of always going to be there as, as bad as it sounds, but, and, you know, I'm not trying to take away for how much I love my family, appreciate them. Like I, you know, I do the most, you know, I, I love them and everything sacrifices that they've made so that I could have the education that I wanted, have the same opportunities that they couldn't have, but they wanted for me. But at the same time, it's like, my time with them was very limited and I'm a time with you and it's now, you know, I moved back home and it's like, I'm here. So it's, it's really trying to navigate that, you know, and get them understand, you know, to not be jealous because, you know, you, you, you love your family regardless, you know, and you understand that they were there before your friends were, you know, and remind them so that they know because you know, you know, but they sometimes they don't know that you know so yeah I, that was yeah. one of my uh when you were saying that I was thinking about um that was my first time realizing that um my my high school friends are my high school friends and we thought we were going to like miss each other and we probably did but I think coming back home and then being away from your newfound college friends who you survived the first semester or survived the first year with that's a different bond than high school friends. Um, and it's, I remember just being away and like, oh, I miss my, you know, I miss my college friends and, you know, their home, they may have been that far, but at some point we made, um, during the holidays, we made an effort to see each other outside of college. Like we had our, um, you know, New Year's Eve hangout or, you know, that couple of days after Christmas hangout or hanging out at, um, no, New Orleans. I'm I'm from Louisiana. I'm not that far. So that was a different feeling, like, you know, being somewhere, but then, you know, you're maybe texting or we didn't have social, you know, it was a start of social media back then, but it was, you know, those group chats or whatever, you realize how much you miss being with these newfound friends and kind of how do I put everybody's, everybody in a certain place so I can give attention to both people who are who have become important in my life that I think that's really um a huge thing coming back for the holidays and most students don't really realize is about to happen to them especially if this is your first gonna be your first holiday back um so besides the awkward conversations the awkward uh talk about how you're gonna spend your time and there's also those awkward comments about your new uh, identity, whether it's you changed your hair, your clothes have gotten tighter, you've gotten a new tattoo, a new piercing, um, 
gained a little weight, you lost a little weight, something is going, somebody's going to say something. <laughs> oh, that's, that's for sure. And I feel like <laughs> growing up in um, a Latinx household, so typically we're kind of given off nicknames on our uh, physical uh-huh. appearance, something about us. Um, and my, so my nickname as a kid, um, my sister still calls me, it was uh, fatty. It was a little, <laughs> a little chubby and I love eating, you know. Um, and it was like, I remember one time, like one of my tias, like it was my first time at coma, and she was like, oh, like, uh, la magi, uh, you, uh, ya es, ya, ya es su, su, you know, her nickname. And basically, you know, like, oh yeah, now you're living up to your nickname. And I was just like, <laughs> ah! I was like, ouch why are you saying this to me you know and she's like now you're a little like you know gordita and i was like no 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 tia don't call me that that's not your nickname for me that's my sister's (laughs) nickname for me so (laughs) stay in your lane (laughs) but you know respectfully respectfully (laughs) yes ready for all the comments just just let them roll off your back it's nothing they just it doesn't just let it just let it go. You know, you're trying to figure this whole college thing out. Just just let it go. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And something another comment I know I interesting that I had to go through was telling my parents I no longer identified as Mexican, but identifying as Chicana and having to explain to all my cousins and all my tias, except for my dad. My dad knew what it was. Um you know what that term meant and this new kind of like political identity for myself you know and understanding you know the history and the roots behind it and being really adamant about like you can call me latina you can call me chicana i'm like but you know don't call me um you know don't call me hispanic you know and firstly for me what it meant and how my dad was more to understand that because he came and he was here in a time period when you know hispanic and uh, the word uh, spick was a term, uh, a derogatory term, you know, was used against Hispanics, you know, and so he understood, you know, my whole thing, like, I don't want to be called this, you know, um, and everyone else was kind of just like, what does that mean, you know, and for a lot of um, Mexicans, you know, that grew up in Mexico, um, that word Chicano was kind of used as a term, uh, sort of derogatory, derogatory, you know, mostly yours used towards um, non-Spanish speaking, and again, like, um, american-born mexicans so yeah it was it was very interesting you know and it was coming into that and the whole dynamics of i don't want to fall into what these you know traditional roles you originally thought i would fill in now now it's something else you know and not only that it's uh, saying that i don't want to go do this pursue this major because you guys wanted me to i'm gonna pursue this instead because i actually have an interest of it you know and getting them to understand the whole dynamics of college, you know, and how that influences my new identity. So, yeah. Um, speaking of like understanding, you know, majors and stuff like that, being first generation where not a lot of your family members went to college, um, just your their general understanding and questions about college, they may ask you something and you may use your college lingo that you've either newly learned or, you know, that has been, it's common language in college and they just kind of like, oh, okay. They don't fully get it. Um, And so the conversation then gets awkward because you don't know if you want to uh, continue it, explain it or what. So it's kind of like, oh, okay. And you just kind of move on and well, what you want to, you know, what you're majoring in? Okay. Biology. So you want to be a doctor? And it's like, no. 
necessarily like i might i want to i want to do something else like maybe i want to do become a veterinarian or maybe i want nothing to do that maybe i just want to do research you know and it's just oh okay research and like that it kind of just stops right there but i think that (laughs) that question and then that conversation not being able to fully um happen is a point of awkwardness and then i think it's a point of when you realize that okay this is different okay i feel I don't, you know, sometimes even launching into the conversation, I don't feel entirely um, connect, not necessarily connected with the institution, but I don't feel, um, I don't feel at home when I'm on campus. And then I'm not even feeling at home when I'm off campus with my family. Like I'm, I'm starting to, I think the, the dual identity of um, first generation minority students, that's the kind of dual personality or dual identity that we feel that pull of we don't fit anywhere we don't fit in this world of academia or this that's what you know kind of the negative thoughts are telling you I don't fit I'm not like these people and I'm I'm here I don't fully know what's going on but then I'm with my family but they can't relate to what I'm feeling either so Mm -hmm. and that's usually where that whole like I'm a defend, let me depend on my like school friends that understand exactly what I'm going through at yeah, this moment. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, so let's, let's talk about this issue with just issues with the holidays. So if you're listening or you're, you're experiencing one of these things or um, it, just being aware for your friends, your peers, your roommates, hallmates, uh, res hall, mates just being on the lookout knowing um some of these things that some students your peers may be dealing with which is you know goes with the title of what wise college kids we want to help you to understand what some of your peers are dealing with so you can become sensitive and maybe be of help to someone to make their holidays a little bit brighter if you're fortunate not to deal with these things or if you're dealing with some of the issues we'll discuss being able to have some tips to be able to manage it so your holidays can be better um so have you had any peers um who didn't really have a home to go to whether it was no home or a home that was not um hospitable or welcoming or positive environment yeah actually um i had a queer non-binary identifying uh friend my second year, um, we just had the uh, same, again, uh, sociology class together. And, you know, they had told me that, um, I was telling them, like, oh, I couldn't wait to, you know, to go home and have my mom's tamales. And, you know, they told me, oh, that's so awesome. You have a, you know, you can go home to your home and get some tamales with your family. Like, it's, it's nice. And I was like, well, you know, what, what does it mean? What do you mean must be nice? Like, I mean, you're going home too, you know? And that's when, you know, they told me that, um, they're like, actually, no, like, when I first came out to my parents, you know, they, they kicked me out, and that was my first year, so ever since then, you know, I've been kind of, haven't really talked to them, and uh, I didn't really have a, kind of just, when I say at school, I kind of find a way, either I stay at, you know, um, one of my friends, um, since they were staying um, on campus uh, housing, and um, they didn't want to stay in the resident halls because they didn't want to have to buy a meal plan. So they figured, oh, I'll just stay with my friends and I'll just buy groceries during that time. Um, And I remember just kind of being shocked and I was like, wow, like I didn't 
think about this, you know, here is, you know, one of my peers, one of my like really good study buddies. And they're telling me, yeah, I have a family and I have a home, but I, I can't go home. I don't want to go home, you know, because, you know, I was kicked out and they weren't accepting of me and having to navigate, you know, it's a thing that happens every year. And, and I caught up with them uh, a year ago at a conference and, you know, they told me, you know, things are better at home. They talk to their mom now. But, you know, it's still like the rest of the family is kind of still unaccepting and, you know, just kind of makes those comments where they're just like, they don't understand their identity. They don't understand, you know, why they are, the, you know, um, why they date who they date and how they present themselves. Um, and, you know, it's, 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 it's heartbreaking. And personally, you know, as a, uh, you know, cisgendered um, woman, you know, I don't understand that, you know, I, I, I couldn't relate, unfortunately, but it was just, you know, offering, you know, like, we know what, like, I'll come back, like, you know, I'll bring some tamales. And I did, I brought them tamales and they were so happy. They're like, oh my God, it tastes better than my mom's, but I'll never tell them that, never tell her that, but they're better than hers, you know? And it's, it's just, again, it's something that doesn't get talked about, you know, and it's having to find an alternative because, you know, they didn't, they couldn't afford to buy housing, meal it's like yeah you know the university offered them housing during the break but as for food you know they were kind of like well you have to buy it. it's not included in this it's not included in us letting you stay on campus you know and it's it's that's another issue you know um it's the money part about going home you know for it's not only having no home to go to whether it's because you know you're homeless or because you are uncomfortable going home that'll be you know a very toxic environment like you know for my for my friend um it's not having money to go home you know and the 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 thought process of traveling home you know I mean luckily like for you you know you were close by home and me you know my family was amazing and they were like oh we'll pick you up because at this time I didn't have my car my first year um and, you know, but it's, it's expensive gas. I mean, I went to school three hours away from my hometown, you know, and it's like having to drive that two and a half hour, three hour traffic. Um, if there wasn't more traffic, you know, and it's the gas, you know, it's the mileage, it's picking you up, taking you home. And it's, it's expensive, you know, when you think about it. And if you don't have a job or if you're kind of relying on your tuition to kind of, you know, um, or financial aid to pay for your tuition, pay for your housing, pay for your food. And if you don't have anything else extra, it's kind of like, well, what do I do? Do I just stay? And, or, you know, if you have to have a job and it's like, well, I want to go home, but I have to work for the holidays. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I remember um, my, what was it, my third year, that's the issue I had, you know, I had to work that Thanksgiving in Santa Barbara, but I wanted to be home. So what ended up happening was I had to, I got, I missed the dinner with my family, unfortunately. Um, I was really sad. I really wanted the day off, but I was just kind of, I was either, I asked for Thanksgiving off or I asked for my finals week off, you know, cause I didn't, I wasn't in a financial situation where I could ask for both times off, unfortunately. Um, and having to pick and choose because as a student, as someone that comes from a low income family, I, I had to decide, okay, I want to do well in school. Well, I guess I'm going to have to make sure I have finals week off and I guess I'll just suck it up and I'll just work this, you know, on this day where I'd rather be with my family, you know, I'd rather spend time with my nephew and see the parade with them and 
eat dinner and you know and even though I'm not religious I would still go to mass with them because that's kind of a traditional thing we would do and it's a sacrifice you have to make you know unfortunately that don't get talked about and it's 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 one of the it's not the worst experiences but I think it's something that unfortunately students what I believe you know students shouldn't have to deal with you know you shouldn't have to pick um do I go home or do I work you know but it is what it is you know it that's that's how life is sometimes, unfortunately. Um, and that's, yeah, and you make a decision that's going to affect your education or, you know, well, I'll just miss a dinner, I guess, and have time to be there for the leftovers, you know, or. Yeah, yeah I mean, so. that is, that's some, some of this isn't a lot of college students are having. And um, while it's, you know, some people may say, oh, it's just a holiday and, and stuff like that, but it really does sometimes breaks the psyche of all the emotions that come with it, everybody, you know, um, you, f- you feel like everybody's going home with their family. But um, one of the points I wanted to make in this episode is that you're not alone and don't feel like, don't let uh, uh, your mind kind of play tricks on you that you're the only one going through this. Like you can definitely, um, there are some options that you can do and you have, and you can make the best of it. And, and it could be one of the most memorable times in your life. Like if someone was, you know, on the show and asked them what was their best uh, memory, it could be very well that, you know, I remember when I didn't have any money to go home and, you know, a staff member um, invited me to their house for dinner and brought me back to campus. So I had something to eat and gave me a lot of leftovers. That could be a memory that you could have created. But if you're always in a, a space where you feel like you're the only one going through this and you're the only college student and didn't have money, then that will definitely break your spirit. And that's not the, you know, that's not what the holidays are for. So um, staying, I mean, when you're, I think those are one of the questions. What do you do if you have to stay over your break? You said working. Um, volunteering could also alleviate some of the the downtime where you may have to be sad. Um but then what not to do, one of the things is to kind of, if you are dealing with sadness and depression, is to definitely stay by yourself. Like, that's something that you should not do. You should always find or connect with someone on campus um, to let them know what's going on. And people who work at college, I'm are sorry. Maybe- oh, sorry. I was maybe going to mention, um, call your family up. You know, if you have that relationship with them, you know. You don't have to be sad about yourself. I'm pretty sure they're going to be missing you too. And sometimes what I found during some times that I felt really homesick, calling them up, that's a really good way also to communicate how you're feeling with them. Because most likely, you know, I remember one time uh, my parents FaceTimed me during a family party that I missed. Um, And sometimes, you know, that's exactly what you need to do. Sometimes you just need to call them up. That's like one thing that could definitely help, you know, battle and your sadness and your homesickness and even, you know, alleviates, you know, some of the um, depress- depression mm-hmm. you're kind of going through, you know. Definitely. So we are going to um, talk about some tips on how to get through the holidays without having some holiday blues or to decrease those holiday blues. So um, making use of the holiday break, what are, what are some things that they can do during the Thanksgiving and Christmas break? Well, something I would suggest doing is 
planning ahead for finals because once Thanksgiving's over with, it, it's time for it's crunch time. You know, it's gotta write your term paper, gotta write that you know outline, gotta get ready to turn in lab reports and you know study for your exams and to really you know maybe organize what days you have your finals to look at them and thinking okay when I go back I have to do this this and this and it's not you know the most fun thing you could do over your break but in the long run it does make preparing for finals a little less stressful you know um yeah, yeah. Because then you go back and you're like, "Oh my god, it's time for finals. What am I gonna do?" And yeah, so it's it's something I would I've done and I've tried doing before. And um, another thing, thinking about you know what classes you might take. Sometimes it's kind of early, but usually um, you know registration for the next semester, next quarter, kind of rolls around that same time too. So you know look into the classes that you've taken and looking for your major requirements or your graduation requirements and seeing, okay, what classes do I need to take next semester and next quarter to make sure I'm keeping in line with the academic requirements that I need to meet, you know, for every school. Yeah, I remember I worked a part-time job during um, Christmas break and um, it was seasonal. So I made a little cash before I went back. I didn't keep it during the the regular school year. but if you don't, I'm, volunteering could be really good if you're going to med school or you're in a profession where you need volunteer hours. That's the perfect time um, to volunteer, whether you need them or not. Just volunteering actually helps you to practice gratitude, which can be one of the ways to combat sadness and depression around the holidays. Once you see that someone else is less fortunate than you, um, it helps put your situation into perspective and it helps you to cope better and to be grateful for what you have, um, although it may not be the ideal situation. Um, if you are a grad or, or upper class, a junior or senior, preparing for grad school testing. So whether you you want to do your MBA, your master's in uh, business administration, and you want to take the GMAT, or you're going to grad school in general to prepare for the GRE, uh, or getting ready for the MCAT or the DAT or any of those professional school testing, using the Christmas break is the time. And I wouldn't even say, especially for the MCAT and the DAT, don't, if you're a freshman or sophomore or junior, using that time to help to get some of that stuff off your plate or initiate those big projects like that, like studying for the MCAT or um, the DAT, Christmas break is definitely that time for you to sit and get get ahead of that so you don't have that to do in a regular semester. Um, mm-hmm. Something else I would add to that is if it's Christmas time, you know, it is gift giving and maybe something I would ask for your family members if they're asking you like, well, what do you want? You know, you're an adult now. Ask for one mm-hmm. of those test booklets. Mm-hmm. I've done that before. And let me, because those test booklets are pretty expensive, you know, and if you can have someone help you out, pay for it, is, go for it. Yes, that is a <laughs> it never idea. helps. Um, so if you aren't yeah. able to go home because of money or you just don't want to go home, it's a very toxic situation um, or you don't have any immediate family to go home to any reason, 
um, make sure you communicate this without shame. Like, don't be ashamed that you can't go home. Um, as an administrator, if I don't know that you're having these issues or if I can't sit, sit or sit down and pull it out of you, I don't know. But when we know, we can pull together resources across campus, whether that's formal resources that the school offers or that's faculty or staff pull together to make sure uh, students are okay. Like, um, don't think of your university or institution as just a building. It's people, they're humans, they care, um, but they, they're not mind readers. So um, go to your student life. If you have a department of student, student advocacy or accountability, um, student affairs, student life, your res hall director, any of those people, um, let them know if you're not able to go home and what your problem is. It could be um, something simple as using an emergency fund or a student fund where you can get small amounts, maybe to get a bus ticket or something to go home if you don't have the money. Um, it could be that they offer, they make exceptions for students to stay over the break and they'll know that you're on campus and they need to provide, make sure you have food. Um, what are some other tips that you, you have when um, maybe talking to students who don't have the ability to go home and don't have the ideal home situation to go home to for the holidays? Talk it out. Like, find a friend. I mean, friend, a mentor, you know, find someone that you can relate to and that's also staying, you know, and speak to them, like, you know what, hey, I know you're staying, I'm staying, like, it's really rough for us to go home. Like, do you want to just maybe have our own little Friendsgiving? Do you want to maybe have a potluck with some of our friends that are also staying, you know, and communicating you know with like I said with your support system you know like I said my college friends were some of my closest support system when I was there and it's letting them know and being honest being transparent you know I'm going through with this and I think I found like you know your student community is huge and they are there for you at the end of the day you know in more ways than you would realize until you actually put it out there like hey I'm going through this and I need some help you know and also, you know, going, if you feel like you're going home to a tough situation, um, talk to your counselor, talk to, uh, again, talk to your school administration, you know, they are here to help you at the end of the day, it might not always seem like it directly, but, you know, universities, schools, they do offer the resources that you need in order to kind of deal with this whole situation, you know, because that is a student issue that needs to be addressed, which means they have the resources to stand Yeah, that, so. I like the idea of going to your counselor, um, your student counseling center, making that appointment. If you know you have to go home and deal with some things that aren't, that will put you in a negative headspace, go and get prepped for how to mentally handle whatever that is. And your counselor can always give you techniques, whether it's walking away or making sure you have your own time. Um, and, and, you know, maybe cutting your visits short, they can give you a lot of strategies on how to deal with that. Um, cause you don't, I mean, if you have family, you don't want to fully isolate, but you do have to have some coping mechanisms if there are some unlikely or unsavory family situations you have to go home to. Um, another Mm -hmm. And also learning about your triggers. Oh, sorry. <laughs> also, 
um, learning about your triggers, you know, something I found out, you know, when I went home for the first time where there were some things we talk about that kind of like triggered my anxiety and it was learning to talk to my family. Okay. One, I have anxiety and two, these are topics that trigger me, you know, and it's, it's being very honest with it. I, I know at least in my family, it was kind of hard to, for them to wrap their hand around me having, um, a mental health issue, you know? Um, but when they came around to it, you know, it was saying, you know what, talking to my counselor, okay, we came up with this plan. We can understand that these is going to trigger me. Okay, let me relay this back to my family, but in a way that they understand it, you know. And again, it's definitely going using all the resources that you have, you know, because it's hard when you're already, again, at an institution that you don't really feel like you belong and going home and you really feel like you're isolated and distant, you know, um, it really makes a difference, you know, making sure that you can talk about whatever you're going through um with your family definitely um and if you have to stay on campus you can always um uh maggie you brought up an interesting thing you said your local grocer offered college night if um if any students didn't have a whole lot of money to make a, a good holiday meal Yeah, so um, one of uh, my neighborhood stores and one of the ones that I work with, um, they offer a college night where they let the local colleges know that they're offering, usually it's after closing, um, discounted prices for um, the items they carry in store, whether, you know, it's just, you know, it's regular, you know, grocery items or if it's, um, you know, household items, you know, and you'd be surprised, you know, how popular, you're not surprised, but, you know, but it's really popular, you know, students really take advantage of this time and they go and they stock up on whatever they can because they know the rest of the school year, you know, it's really hard to afford these things, you know, and having to budget and yeah, definitely look into that and look into your local college, go to your local, um, it's like your student events and student affairs. Um, these are the people that usually coordinate these things with the grocery stores. Um, then ask them about it, like, hey, does this happen? Or do they have, like, a student discount at these stores? And really get that full information. And also something else is um, food banks. You know, whether it's your own school food bank or if it's your local one from a local charity or foundation, um, looking into those, you know. Um, again, usually most university institutions have these on campus, you know, and they're usually already, you know, supplied for by, you know, local ASB. Um, so look into those too. So that way, you know, you don't aren't struggling while you are, if you do have to stay home or stay for on campus for the holidays, you know, you aren't struggling trying to figure out, well, what am I going to eat? Because yeah, the cafeteria is closed, you know? So. Um, you can also use this time to see what it's like for other families. Um, they may be local alumni, who open their houses up to students who can't travel home where they invite you into their homes and share a meal with you and give you some company. Um, if you meet a friend of a, of another um, culture, race, nationality, whatever, and they live locally or willing to, for you to travel home with them, use that opportunity to um, expand your, expand your world and see how other people celebrate Thanksgiving and Christmas and you'll be surprised and you you may you know may be surprised that you enjoy it and you learn new things and it's not as scary um as you thought so those are some tips we're going to include more tips on our blog um that holidays that highlights tips for the holidays um 
So as we close, Maggie, what's your kind of uh, last thought on this? What is what's something you want to leave um, our listeners with as we close out this episode? Um, on a good note, you know, whether you're spending your holidays with your blood family or, you know, with your school family, make the best time of it, you know, really understand that Make the best of whatever situation you have in front of you and to really be open-minded in both situations, you know, um, and enjoy it because, you know, this is time with family. You know, the holidays are a time of big reflection and appreciation and, we you know, whoever you're celebrating with or whether it's your family, with your dog or with your friends, um, you know, really take full advantage of it, you know, and really use this time to reflect mm-hmm. and Grow. I like that. That's, I like that. So I, I think, think my last. Yeah. What about? I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, I was going to ask, what about you? You know, what's something you want our listeners to kind of take um, from this? I think my the th- thoughts that came to mind is gratitude, and that's something that's helped me get through difficult times when things aren't going right. Um, so just being thankful for. For all the positives, I think so many of uh, no matter how perfect our world seems, we always can pick it apart and to say um, how how it's not good enough. But once you start practicing gratitude, you realize that eighty uh, percent of what you have is good, and then um, the other things that seem to be negative are not even important. So if you don't have a place to go home to you know, be thankful that you're able to get in school and have a roof over your head. Um, if not, um, if, you know, think about it, if, if you have family that's, that's caring and um, you're, you can actually feel them, they're living, they're uh, warm and welcoming. They just may get on your nerves, but they're still family. Some people out there may not have that family that they can connect with. So always be thankful for the opportunities and always, um, Look around and ex- kind of um, not necessarily expect, but don't well, don't expect that people won't help you if you ask um, that the pridefulness and keeping your mouth shut around this time will often lead to sadness. But, you know, once you're open and you're honest about your situation and you know you're not the only person that's in it and you say, hey, look, I can't go home. Talk to someone and you'll be you'll be really surprise and you shouldn't be that people are going to help you you're going to have someone that's going to say hey here's some money I can bring my leftovers or you can come home with me or um you know we're having this thing come you know having this big Thanksgiving party you know come and celebrate with us you'll be really surprised so you just have to um expect the best and and then not be so prideful that you don't you don't ask someone to help you Well, thank you. You've been an awesome co-host. You're going to hear Maggie uh, on quite a few episodes. We have a lot of stuff planned for you. And just like always, you can um, go to BePreppy.com and find out all the good tips and strategies on how to succeed in college and how to make the best of your college experience. And we hope that you've really... um, really got something from this episode that you can take it back and help your peers and that your mind is just kind of open about 
um, what your other college peers across the country may be experiencing in this uh, holiday season. Mm-hmm. And also, guys, don't forget to check out Maggie Mondays, where I'll be putting a lot more content on shorter bits of the exact same things we kind of put on our blogs. You know, like I said, I really want you guys to kind of get that fresh college experience and we can be a great source to resource for you guys we want to definitely <laughs> and maggie runs our twitter so uh, let's keep up this conversation on twitter at be preppy loc we want to um let us know how you are spending your holidays and um if you ever had this situation happen to you if you're a college grad that this has happened to uh, tell us how you made it through and, and some strategies you you took, you uh, implemented to cope with uh, an unlikely situation over the holidays. So, well, thank, thank you for, for listening. Me. Thank you for co-hosting. <laughs> and Bye. until next time. Bye-bye. This podcast is sponsored by BePreppy.com a college coaching company. Head over to BePreppy.com for free college success resources and to learn how you can secure a personal college coach. Don't forget to subscribe and follow us on all social media channels at BePreppyLLC.